everyone. This is David. We have a special episode today with the sisters from the Pop Apologist podcast, Miss Lauren and Chandler Bledsoe. Hello. Hello. So happy oh to be gosh. here. I'm, I'm really happy you guys are here. I mean, I have to tell you, like, let me just start by saying I have on all these famous guests, lots of reality stars. We had Fran Drescher, Long Island Medium. And when we did our little talk back, mm-hmm. which is on the main feed called Roni State of Emergency, where we were dealing with a slipping ratings. I'm like, you know, it's not a famous guest. So I think this show will do okay. Like who's going to, you know, like some people will listen. Let, let's not sell ourselves short here, ladies. Right. But I was like, it's not these big names. And Correct. yet that show like was one of my top rated shows, at least for that week and possibly for the few weeks after it. No way. Slammed. Yes. Slammed. Well, I thought it was actually genius marketing that you, that in the title, you didn't say like featuring the pop apologist, some people you've never heard of. Right. Like, I like that. It was just like Rony state of emergency. And then these people are going to accidentally have to hear our voices. I, <laughs> I thought it was actually perfect. Listen, honey, people have different skills in life. And I have realized from running this podcast that although I suck at so many things in life, in life, I am a great marketer. I'm a good marketer. That is, I'm a good marketer and I'm a good salesperson. That is just what I am good at. I I can't help it. Absolutely. Well, yeah, no, I approved that strategy. It was perfect. Because otherwise people would have been like, who? Who? Featuring who? We can't even say that name. Like what? Yeah. And see, then they might have missed our amazing talk about the fact that Roni's ratings have slipped all the way down to the ground. It's true. Um, which we have to talk about other ratings soon because I don't know. We'll, we'll get into it in a few minutes after we talk about Beverly Hills, but we have to get into. Um, well, you know what? Before we get to Beverly Hills, actually, let's. Well, okay. Should we talk about Beverly Hills first or second? It's really kind of the biggest topic we have. Let's to talk, talk about. about it. Yeah, let's go okay. for it. Then we got to get into all sorts of other things. Um, Okay, so here we are. We've watched Beverly Hills. Like the reunion is here. Where where do we begin? Where do we begin? Well, the okay. Have you seen the finale? I have seen the finale. Okay, so Chandler and I have not seen the finale. We are peasants. We do get. We do not get screeners. Well, okay. Is that pretty embarrassing? No, it is not embarrassing. (laughs) I mean, first, no, you're like, that's most of the world doesn't get a screener. Well, first of all, this will probably come out after that anyway, like when we're at your reunion time, but up to that point, like, what have you thought? I mean, is there anything to talk about this season on Beverly Hills other than really Erica Jane? Erica. Well, here's what I want to say, and maybe you can, um, you can correct me. Also, feel free to spoil it. Like Chandler and I are yeah. fine to watch this knowing what happens. So just you can tell us what happens or spoil it if you want. And we're happy to discuss. Um, but my feeling right now is, is the finale is just going to be some more tepid, you know, confrontations with Sutton and Erica. And then obviously an altercation between Garcelle and Lisa And then we're going to cut to the reunion and there isn't going to be some major firestorm moment. There's not going to be a burning at the stake of Erica Girardi, er formerly known as Erica Jane. And we're not going to get that moment where, you know, someone really goes for her and says, you knew and you did this and you stole Mm -hmm. from these victims. But please, am I wrong? Am I wrong? No, I mean, you are like, look, I don't think we've been misled in the advertising, but man, like it was nothing this whole season. You know, I mean, I, I look, I had Sutton on twice this season on my podcast, like by, I don't know how Sutton Strack loves coming on the behind the velvet rope podcast. <laughs> I mean, she just does. It's very, I don't even feel like our two chats are ever, I don't feel like she's one of my, she's an interesting character Sutton, in real life. Um, I mean, the shows are there. Everyone could go listen, but she like, look at Sutton. No wonder why she got that diamond. Like she is the MVP of the season. Right. Yeah. I think I've been very surprised to see Erica course correct with Sutton in this, um, in the most recent, you know, released episode to peasants like myself. And to me, I would have appreciated it if Erica would have just kept up the drama 
you know, all the way up until the reunion, but the fact that she's like starting to apologize or not even apologize, but just like trying to make peace. I'm like, Oh, great. Like, so now we just have another fake apology. And what am I supposed to watch the show for now? Exactly. And look at the reunion, Andy, you know, the rumor is Andy goes after Erica in a big sort of way. And I just, I don't know. Well, first of all, what does he, what does he do? Just the, the rumors, the are, rumors that he, are that he asked the he, hard questions. He asks the hard questions mm. and just pushes it and she answers. But I mean, well, first of all, do you think Erica knew? I mean, that's really the first thing. Cause I think, did I ever share my whole theory with you guys about her coming home and Tom's oh, yes. dark glass of wine? Yeah. Drinking the wine. And so it's like, <laughs> to me, it's like, I'm not taking sides. I think that she, I truly think she didn't know. And then I think she did. So I'm not saying it's good or bad one way. I think that she knew. And when she knew, and he said, run, run forest, run, that she didn't say, let's pay back the victims or anything. She said, okay, sir, I tell me what to do. And I think he's like, we will never speak again. Right. And I think it's all staged by Tom, the most brilliant lawyer, according to her. And she didn't know. And when she did know, she followed a script of what he told her to do. And Erica, as we've seen, is cold and just nods and, and does as she is told and is very businesslike. And she's just, I mean, the problem is, is you don't speak to Tom anymore. You don't. So whatever plan you were told to do, I mean, you can only follow so well as it's months later and you're living your life. Like you're going to slip up. Like you can't, there's no rules of like, never say this, never say that. So I think this was set in motion by him. And I think she's trying to follow and do the best, but look, it's kind of like in 2021, there are, you know, digital footprints in the middle of the forest where there are just trees and you're there and you murder someone. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. like, you don't get away with like, you uh-huh. people murderers and 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 killers and, and people that commit any type of crime white collar too you you get caught you get you get caught and then it's right it's over i feel like in in terms of erica knowing or not i mean truly i'm i've been a mitt romney on my journey uh cheryl crow her wise words every day is a winding road that has been my journey with erica jane um i feel like i've gone back and forth i i flip-flopped I come from a place of empathy. I've come from a place of more empathy for the victims, no empathy for her. And ultimately, um, two things really. One, I think that right now I'm having empathy for the viewers of the show because I Mm. think that we all entered this season thinking that we'd have a major moment and that there would be some sort of discovery, like kind of like where the witness is on the stand and there's this amazing attorney and he's going after the witness and the witness frazzled kind of trips over her words and then screams, I did it. You know, we thought that was coming this season. We all did. We all expected it. And now it's becoming abundantly clear that we're not going to have that moment. We're not going to, like all we've done is had Erica dance, or I'm sorry, Sutton dance around these accusations. Mm -hmm. That's it. Like Sutton hasn't even really gone after Erica in any major, major way. She's just tried to distance herself from her and asked a few pointed questions, but we have not had all the girls sitting at a table really going after Erica um, and turning against her and have, and have, we have not been able to see how Erica would respond to that. So anyway, I kind of feel like as viewers disappointed, um, like we, I I just had a watershed moment last episode where I realized that moment was never happening. It was never Mm -hmm. coming. And it was a little unfortunate. Um, the second thing I want to say in terms of Erica is I also had a moment where I did realize, you know, she was married to Tom for 20 years. And I think we, I don't know. I think as viewers, we see her, we see her relationship with Tom and maybe like, it's, I don't think we really appreciate the fact that she's been with him for 20 years. Like that is a fucking long time. That's an entire life. Like 22 decades. Think about the time from you're born to you're 20 years old. That is so long. Right. And If she did know, I guess I am kind of back on the empathy train. If she did know, I feel like this is something where she was a frog who 
was ended up being boiled in water you know like the the water started got like heated up slowly over time and suddenly she was in a situation right she couldn't get herself out of and had really no power or control over I don't know I think I am truly coming from more of a place of empathy for her looking at the fact that she did sacrifice truly her best years she's looking at the latter half of her life with with you know close to nothing right no public support I am kind of you know and of course I have empathy for the victims but if we're looking at Erica Jane or Erica Girardi I do see her as someone right now who um if she did know about it it was something where when she found out it was like you said the train had already left the tracks Mm -hmm. her LLC was already involved and all of a sudden, she was essentially along for the ride, whether she liked it or not. Because we all know she was not the second she found out, she was not calling the FBI. Anyway, sorry. I yeah. No, I it. mean, I I have two things to say. I first of all, I completely agree that I don't think she was ever like the mastermind behind this. I definitely think that it was a situation like you're both saying with train had left the station things were already out of hand and she just had to, you know, play along. I don't think that she was completely oblivious to everything. Um, I think I just feel like there were too many legal issues going on with Tom and these victims for her to be completely oblivious to like some of the problems from years ago, you know, with some of the burn victims or, you know, things like that. Like those were too public of stories in my right. opinion, for, for her to just have never known that there was anything nefarious, possibly nefarious going on with his business, that he was just this like, you know, world-class lawyer, you know, d- helping people get the money that they were owed. So that's, that's kind of my perspective on her involvement level. I don't think she was the mastermind, you know, hatching things with, with Tom. Second of all, what I, the watershed moment I've had recently is in, in Kyle and Lisa and all of these women defending her. And, and then when the minute that Erica is you know, kind of the walls come down like in this last episode and she's kind of, you know, somewhat likable. I, I'm just like realizing and trying to think through like, what does she give you as a friend? To me, Erica is not likable at all. And she's extremely cold. And I don't really think that she's like a delight. There's nothing about her to me that I like, I don't think I would want to be friends with her. Obviously, if she wanted to be friends with me, I would love to be friends with her. But I guess what I'm saying is all of these women are like literally Kyle, Lisa, everyone is like falling on their sword, defending her or, you know, not wanting to back Sutton up. And I'm just like, well, what does Erica give you in terms of friendship? Like, I don't think Erica's like, if it was Kyle, I think Kyle's a warm, loving, you know, ride or die type of friend. And Erica to me is just like someone who's cold, who barely gives you anything. And this has been a recurring theme at her with her housewife's journey is that she barely shares any personal information. Um, and so I don't know, I guess I think the women are all acting from a place of intimidation and fear because they're afraid of uh, Erica. I think she's scary. And I don't think she's like a, you know, a likable friend. Which is so crazy. And I mean, that's the thing, like, look, I mean, I'm very non-judgmental. Like to me, it's like, like, if you were my friend, like, what did Sutton do wrong? Like, if you were my friend, I'm not saying I'm not going to be your friend anymore, mm-hmm. but you can rest assured I'm at least going to ask you, like, if Eric was my friend, I would say, like, did did you do it? Like, we mm-hmm. can we, we can still be friends. Like, we can work on how we're going to be friends now. Like, but I mean, did you do it? And B, I mean, just because I am a lawyer, I, like, if you did this and I was on this show with you, one billion percent, I would be at my lawyer's office. Sutton, I mean, she it's, she's has loaded, so it's five hundred dollars an hour, and I would just say, "This is what happened. Is there yeah. any exposure here for me? Can I be called into court? Can I be looked into? What is my exposure? I just want to know mm-hmm. what. W- how is this going to affect me? Okay, so I have nothing. Are you sure I have nothing to worry about? Are you sure? Are you positive? Great. I went to a lawyer. I we can talk about this now. I'm not worried. Let's go on filming. Yeah. Like, right. so I mean, I don't see what Sutton did wrong. Well, it looks like the holidays came early this year at Manscaped, the leading men's hygiene brand. Manscaped just launched new products, including their all new ultra premium body wash and a two-in-one shampoo and conditioner. It's time to give yourself or that special man in your life the gift of beautiful skin, hair, and well, being well-groomed down there. I mean, it's 2021. Is anyone like the non-Manscaped look these days? 
I don't. Listen, go to manscaped.com and use code VELVET for 20% off plus free shipping. When you go to manscaped.com, you also need to check out the Performance Package 4.0. It comes with the signature lawnmower. That is an electric trimmer that has proprietarily advanced technology to reduce, ouch, mishaps while using it. It's also waterproof, so you can use it in the shower. It's the perfect gift for yourself or for that special man in your life. Listen, the Manscaped Performance Package also includes a lot of other things. Deodorant, moisturizer, toner. Yeah, all for down there. Listen, instead of having an uncomfortable conversation with your partner, just buy them this. Give it to them and the gift kind of speaks for itself, right? Also, it comes with anti-chafing boxers. All of this in the Performance Package 4.0. Listen, it doesn't just have to be for yourself or that special man in your life. Get a gift for your father, your brother. It's for everybody. So listen, go to manscaped.com. You get 20% off plus free shipping when you use the code VELVET. Every guy out there, I feel, needs to be manscaped. I mean... Well, and these women, their reputation is their livelihood. That's the way they make money. It's like by being on Housewives, sponsorships, like it's... It's very, very natural for them to want to make sure that they were all in the clear. When you become a truly wealthy person, this is what I've heard. I haven't been there yet, so I don't really know firsthand. But when you become a truly wealthy person, your main activity transfers from accumulating wealth to protecting yes. wealth and not getting sued. And these women are just, everyone who's really wealthy, they f- live in fear of getting sued by someone and having it taken away from them. And most and so, of them are yeah. sued 24 hours a day. Like you just don't yes. know about it. I mean, I'm suing all the housewives currently. obviously obviously trying to get paid it's christmas time i mean it's actually one of our businesses well i'll see girls i mean i love this like you gotta (laughs) can i get in on that like but yeah i mean uh, why it's like it's kind of like what sutton said and listen just having sutton on the show twice and knowing her i felt so i listen i did feel for i do feel for erica in that sense for a minute or two of like, regardless of everything else, look, nobody in life likes change. Even if you move apartments down the street, like, so the fact it's not even money, just emotionally, like when you're sleeping in a different bed or a house, I'm not saying let's, this is a pity party for Erica, but there are moments where I'm Mm -hmm. like, she, her life has been uprooted for something that I don't think started with her. And so I do have a moment of feeling for her. It's just, she makes it so hard. She makes it so hard. And like, for instance, and also like, you know, my most viral highest rated blockbuster insane episodes in the past, I think maybe all year, possibly, I don't know about year, but maybe were the two shows I had with Catherine Edwards where, and then I'm like, man, people are, Catherine does not care. Catherine does not need fame. She does not need money. She's not looking. This is why I love having Catherine on. She's just like, tells it like it is. I mean, she slammed Erica. She's like, she slammed her. Really? Oh I yeah. To listen to those. And I'm not kidding you. I mean, this is like, I have viral moments, but numbers wise, this went like, and I'm like, God, listen, this was her. Yeah. It was a two day episode. And Catherine's just like, I don't give a shit if she knew or didn't know. I don't give a fuck. She's like, she knows now. And yeah. she ain't, she ain't, she ain't. I mean, I, I understand legally and like maybe your lawyers, like you can't pay anything back, but the way that you're acting is right. not like there are burn victims. Like, did you watch that? Catherine's That's like, it's so true. So I thought that was a really good point. Catherine had also, yes. Also, I think because these episodes were so viral, you know, I say like, Hey, I have Sutton on that show did well. Listen, I'm, I'm, I'm all, all about the analytics. I love an analytic. I love looking at my charts and my numbers. This is just the stuff that Give makes me happy. Give this man some data. Right. Like I love a data moment, but I'm like, Catherine was on in season six. Who, who cares? I mean, I love Catherine. The, the, the people love Catherine, <laughs> but Catherine ain't going to be bigger than Sutton. Oh, no, 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 no. P- I think, and that showed me the people are just, and people were, oh my God. Like, okay. So people thousands, are out for blood. People are you. hungry. Like they're like, yeah. 
this is what we want Dorit and Kyle and Rinna. And then it Sutton pales in comparison. Like Catherine took no prisoners. And I can tell you from doing this, I know Catherine, she's actually become a very good friend. There's no angle. She does not need a headline. It is truly like, David, you asked me to do your podcast. I mean, she was texting me all season with all her thoughts. I'm like, sweetie, like you got to come on the show and, and talk about all this. <laughs> like, this is too good. But like, it, it just showed me people are hungry for somebody to just say what everybody is thinking. Right. Like, this is bullshit. And so that's where it's like Sutton tries and she gets points, but even she backs down and she's afraid. So I did feel for Sutton also just knowing her when she was crying, like, so listen, Sutton, Sutton ain't a thug. Like Sutton right. is, is, is upper society and that Southern girl. And she too is very authentic, a little, you know, quirky, let's just say <laughs> as a person, but she is authentic. And so like, when you threaten to take Sutton out back, those are real tears. Like Sutton is scared. And you've read that new thing where she's had bodyguards now on set. Did you read that? Really? No. Yeah. I don't know. I think, and I have to read it closer. I think what happened is after that moment, I think Sutton showed up for filming with bodyguards, which obviously really? you don't see because it's Bravo, I mean, but you know. Erica's is- terrifying. Erica is terrifying to me. Like I, if I had that same moment with her in, at, at Kathy's dinner party, like I would, and I had money to burn, I would get bodyguards. Like yeah, she looked at, she looked at Sutton with death in her eyes. Like and, and honestly, losing your entire empire, like I, that would drive people to do crazy shit. And so I don't blame Sutton. Yes. And yes. And yes to all of that, honey, I think about getting bodyguards now and I don't got Sutton's money. So <laughs> I mean, if you had, if I had Sutton's money, I would have a bodyguard way before this. Like Kathy, yes. Hinton, like, I, I want to travel with a, with like some bodyguards. Like <laughs> I would like a bodyguard. Imagine, can you imagine that if story, someone yeah. came, like just, you saw someone you didn't like, you could be like, listen, you fucking bitch. Like you could just tell anyone off and just be like, what are you going to do? Touch me? Literally. Listen, this, this one will take you out back. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I, I, I believe it. nothing is hotter to me than private security. I would love it. I would love it. A private <laughs> driver and private security. Yes. Yes. You is know? that so much to ask? That's why, that's why we're suing the housewives. So we can secure that type we of, got a know, lot of bills to pay. Right. Yeah. Like everyone's always like, what would you do if you won the lottery? I'm, I'm a very simple girl. I just want my house in the Hamptons, <laughs> you know? Okay. Like, you know, a bunch of money every month for clothes, of course. And sure. You know, I actually, I probably wouldn't wear, like, I'd probably have just like a stylist come in and just give me my outfit of the day and then just private security and a driver. Yeah. That's it. It's 24 very, hours. Very simple. Yeah. yeah. Super but simple. so, I mean, Erica's obviously not going to leave the show. Do you yeah. think so next season? So look, she helped the ratings. It's done well this season, not the heyday Beverly Hills numbers, but it, it's done. It's done well because of Erica. So look, she's not going anywhere. They're going to ask her back. Do you think when all of this is over, Bravo will kick her to the curb, either for reasons of like morality or just like, we've used you and you're done. There's nothing else to tell. Your story's over, sweetie. I don't think so. I would, from my perspective, I think that she still has a killer storyline for the next one, you know, two seasons, probably the post. I mean, this lawsuit's probably going to be going on forever. Yes. And I, I don't think honestly, any of the other characters can carry the show at all. And I actually right. want to hear on Crystal at some point, David, I'm dying to, to hear. We're going to talk about Crystal because by the okay. time this, because by the time this comes out, guess what? This, this, this week on Behind the Velvet Rope this Monday, the one, the only, Ms. Crystal Kong Minkoff. Oh my gosh. So, wow. Okay. Have, I want to hear. We have Crystal joining us this Monday, Amazing. which by the time everyone hears this will be after Monday, probably. Um, so do you think Erica's using the show to rewrite the narrative now? Like these, I mean, you know, like, is this, is this a performance? And like, thank God I have this platform because I'm going to just change every, the history. yeah. Like, I feel like Erica goes to her lawyer's office, then goes to film. Like she is just, the lawyers are telling her the narrative to sell to everybody to, you know, to say, and when they talk about Tom's mysterious car accident to then say the word allegedly after that, like, even though she told everyone that story, like she is getting a full narrative from her lawyers and she is just, you know, making sure that every episode she, you know, sells it through a little bit more. Right. It's that's the thing is it's like, how could she not be in cahoots with Tom when she's literally spinning his entire like legal defense on 
reality sh- on the housewives like how how could she not be in cahoots with him and also she has this moment with kyle where she says i have i have zero dollars baby i have zero dollars really so well, how are you living in a two million dollar house if you have two if you have zero dollars yeah i mean the money coming from when when Catherine was here and i guess and she she called me out she's like honey that's a new york thing because i'm like let's just break this down erica is not living in like her mother's room like right she's in yes. two thousand square foot and Catherine's like well isn't that small and i'm like what and she's <laughs> like oh that's such a new york thing i'm like no Catherine. i think that's a like middle of the country like normal a lot of people are not living at a 2000 like erica's downsize is a 2000 square foot bungalow with in beverly it's hills not Park a bungalow with it's- with mind <laughs> you the wallpaper from the beverly hills hotel and it looks pretty damn nice and a whole room which is a fucking closet right no a, a actually like a stunning little home and with the way house prices prices have gone up in the past year or two like she's living very well i mean in la a house like that is millions of dollars it, like yeah, of course. If it was two thousand square feet in a suburb of Nevada, it'd be a different story. But it's not. She's in. She has a hot piece of real estate, and she's at least can afford to rent it. So she's paying a premium. How and is not she for nothing, that? honey. The way it's decorated. I mean, I actually prefer that as opposed to that chapel. You know, oh. gaudy old house. Oh with my all gosh, that gold. Just for it, me. Yeah, it's something out of the House of Gucci or like the uh shows about versace i just yes. yeah i can't so well, yeah so go on sorry well, i interrupt you no you're good i mean i just i feel like when it comes to erica the thing that i keep coming back to is is she, okay like our mother our your i know your listeners don't care about our mother but i'm just gonna no. say one quick thing i our care mother, about your mother oh thank you she always date raised us with very draconian and intense dating rules so like when our mom would be like driving with us in the car my dad would be calling on on the phone her and her minivan she would be like oh i'm not gonna answer girls because and we'd be like six and eight in the back seat and she'd be like i'm not gonna answer girls because you should always let a man chase you i want your father to just wonder where i am not be able to know like my mom is kind of funny she's like a flora snuffler from i think i'm obsessed with this now i think i'm upset (laughs) she's a little bit of kathy hilton like just oh yeah a proper lady does not do this oh i love this yes she's like hilarious like one time in college i wanted to date a guy i was really into him and she would not let me ask him out she not that i had her permission but i asked her what i should do and she's like do not ask him out do not find out where he banks and bank there and you'll run into him she doesn't realize people bank oh um were you go to the local wells fargo are you a secret like um like jen shaw heather gay mormon were you raised mormon yes yeah, we were we raised mormon were. oh mm-hmm. oh my god well we're gonna talk mm-hmm. about salt like next yeah, um get all into that well first of all i'm obsessed with your mother now did this ring like sometimes when people are a product of their parents they listen and they are ingrained and they follow the rules and other people go absolutely batshit fucking crazy and rebel like are you have you are you proper ladies or are you just like let me just go out every night in New York and do whatever the fuck I want. <laughs> no, no judgments here on the Patreon behind the velvet row, but I'm just wondering because often with that happens, people go the other way. Well, I would say that, um, I would say that we're kind of in the middle. Like we don't live the Mormon lifestyle. Like yeah. I live with my fiance Chandler, um, you know, is not, I don't know, Chandler, how would you put I've, it? I've fallen from grace in many ways. You could yeah. say. That's okay, Chandler. I, I, still, I still love you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank if you. It does, if it makes you feel any better, technically, I am the black sheep of my family as well. I mean, let's not no. forget, I was a corporate tax lawyer, and here I am behind the velvet rope. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Amazing. <laughs> but I mean, no, now that the show is successful, listen, my parents, I'm like a nice Jewish girl from Connecticut. They care about just the almighty dollar, which I'm not saying is okay. So it's now it's okay that I'm behind the velvet rope because the show yes, is an exactly. actual totally. profitable show. So now it's like, okay, fine, great. You can go talk about this reality shit that we have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> right, right. David, what part of Connecticut are you from? Um, I grew up, I went to high school with Dorit. I'm okay. from the Woodbridge, Bethany, Orange area. Okay, my boyfriend's from New Canaan. Oh my God. We love it. We love, we love, we we love Connecticut. It's beautiful. Anyways, 
Uh, but yeah, I had moments during COVID. I was in Greenwich at the beginning and I'm just like, you know what? Like if you've ever dreamed of having the chance to win awesome prizes, like a dream vacation in an overwater villa in the Maldives, a DeLorean DMC 12, or my personal favorite karaoke with Charlize Theron, then you have to check out Omaze. It's the new way to give back to charity and win big prizes while doing it. Here's how Amaze works. You enter for the chance to win something amazing, and at the same time, you can donate to support great causes. It's a fun and easy way for nonprofits to raise money and for you to win big prizes, like a multi-million dollar house in Miami. You have to check out this house. It's over 6,000 feet. It has seven bedrooms and six bathrooms. So here's how it works. You go to omaze.com slash velvet rope and you select the Miami dream house or a different experience of your choosing. Once you've selected your prize, you choose a donation amount from $10 to $150. The more you donate, the more entries you'll get. Through your donations, Omaze has raised more than $150 million to support over 350 nonprofits around the world. How great is that? So listen, enter today for your chance to win the Miami Dream House or any other life-changing prizes and experiences. Omaze.com slash velvet rope. Plus, receive 20 extra entries when you enter the code VELVETROPE20. That's O-M-A-Z-E dot com slash VELVETROPE. And use VELVETROPE20 as your code to receive 20 extra entries when you visit O-M-A-Z-E dot com slash VELVETROPE. Greenwich, it's kind of like parts of the Hampton, like same with in Canaan, like they they don't know about COVID. They don't know about Mm -mm. like you go there and it's like, you're like, this is just a fantasy world that I'm right. Oh, and I I understand that this is not reality, but I just want to stay one more week. I know one more day. Yeah. There's no riots out there. There's no, like, we're not going through anything in the world. I just want to like live here. The original Stepford Wives was filmed in New Canaan, which I think is like the perfect <laughs> little tidbit that shows you like what that world is like. Yeah, it's a fantasy world. It's beautiful, though. Totally. Well, I'm sorry that you have fallen from grace. It's OK. No, thank you. Well, so I and I, I only brought up our mother, though, to say that she she always told us that if you marry for money, you earn every penny. And and I think it's true. You know, when you marry someone that you don't actually love and aren't attracted to every day, you are having to, you know, put on a show. You're not living an authentic life. You're controlled by another person. It's not like, you know, it's, it is something where you do have to put on the work. And I, you know, I know that your listeners, it sounds like would really like to see Erica burned at the stake and they're out for blood. But I do think this is a woman. If we want to talk about, you know, like if we want to talk about women in the workplace, bitch has been in the workplace for 20 years and she's not seeing any payout. Okay. Girl boss for sure. Beverly Hills, neoclassical house living in that place with a smile on your face and not wanting to remodel it, being told by your creepy, like elderly husband that you have to keep, you know, all of the walnut paneling like that, that is work, at least in my eyes. No, I mean, it, listen, I've always said like, it's, it's, I really don't think like you have to, I don't think you can really marry for money as easy as people think. Like in the sense of like, I really truly believe there's something that brought you there. Otherwise it's so hard. It sounds so easy. And it's, trust me, I've, I've, I've gone on dates with people with tons of money and it's just like, Oh my God, I'm going to, this is perfect. And then you go on a second date and you're like, I am, I hate this person. And I just right. can't do it. I mean, my time to marry for money, I am way past my prime. There's nobody knocking on my door. So this is not about me, how wonderful and fabulous I am. I, I wish I could do it. I don't think people can do it. I, I just think it's harder than it sounds for well, most and, people. And in Erica's case, you marry for money. And like, did she not, she had a prenup or she didn't have a prenup? Now I'm no prenup. No, okay. No prenup. no prenup. But still she's, she's left with nothing. Like there's not even like, he's gonna, I don't know. Anyways, I just- 
yeah, yeah. that we know of. She's left with absolutely nothing. And I think that ultimately she should be sailing off into the sunset of her gold digger years. And what I mean by that, let me paint you a picture is Tom should be on his way out of, from this earth, from this planet and consciousness. Okay. He should be, you know, nearing death. It's it, that's just the truth. And Erica you know, barely 50 should have a whole life ahead of her. You know, she should be able to follow in the footsteps of a Sandra Bullock, of a Gwyneth Paltrow, meet someone age appropriate, like a hot photographer or something. They have some sort of respectable job, but you know what? You got some coin in your pocket and they're happy to go on the yacht with you. And you can finally have an authentically hot relationship that you're actually into. She should be able to live the rest of her life, have a whole new life ahead of her and basically live on the spoils of the work that she's put in for the past two years. But instead she's coming up short. She's coming up with nothing. And I feel like on some level, you know, if any of your listeners are aspiring gold diggers, they should really come from a place of empathy for Erica Jane. Are you prepared for all the hate? <laughs> <laughs> or are you prepared? Cause I, wow. I'm, I cause everybody's comments send me your dms like come and slam me but you know also go to the pop apologist podcast and show them some love not that i'm afraid to speak my opinion but that is a very unpopular opinion amongst i think my audience here well i'm just obviously i'm being but you're being honest i'm being you know like obviously i'm being but she is getting i mean i get what you're saying like she is a human being And she did have, I don't know, she did have certain expectations for her life. And like those expectations are completely shattered and she's going to have to, you know, go through the fire of being reborn and like, and, and her life is, is completely changed forever. Does that invalidate the experience or like, are are the experience, is the experience of the victims more important? Absolutely. That's true. I think that on some level though, we just kind of already talked everyone's heard that perspective so many times and so I think that maybe it's just another interesting another interesting little thought experiment to consider I totally get it now here's something else that I wanted to say because I mean will people ever tire of this story because I can tell you we are not that podcast here behind the velvet rope because we are diverse and interesting. And I do not want to put all my eggs in one basket. And it's like, but people have gone insane. There are podcasts, news articles. I mean, look at Ronald Richards. I mean, he's involved in the case, but like people want to talk about this 37 hours a day and nothing else. Like, will we, will the people tire? Is anyone out there listening that is tired of Erica? I am not as interested in talking about the Erica situation as everyone in the world But like, what is the fascination? Because nobody wants to talk about anything else these days. I mean, I'm with you, to be honest. I I kind of also had a moment where I realized that Tom probably isn't going to jail because this of this conservatorship thing. He's probably never going to go to jail. And if he does, it'll be like, you know, for his last remaining six months on this planet. And then also Erica is likely also never going to do any time. And so ultimately this story, it's, it feels like almost an anticlimactic story. Like there's not going to be some ending that everyone is going to feel like their justice was served. And we're going to see, you know, the woman with the scarlet letter and, you know, the public is going to get their moment to shame that person. I don't think it's coming. I think that the story is basically, basically played out. I I don't even know. I don't even know where we're at as far as a trial goes. I don't even know if he's on trial or what's going on with the legal proceedings. So all we're operating on is like all the initial knowledge we had, nothing new is coming out. I mean, there was a time where there was literally, you know, the LA times article, then the show came out, like we were getting lots of new tidbits, but it does feel like we've, we've heard everything. We've heard all of her sides of the story. And yeah, I, I also feel a bit fatigued by it. That being said, I do think she'll still be on the show for, seasons to come and it will still be her storyline. I agree. Now, should we, as we go into next season, you know, this is a new cast technically because we have Kathy and Crystal and you can talk to me about Crystal in a second. Like, should we look, we have Jersey. Jersey hasn't changed in two seasons. This season, they're going to add uh, 
Tracy, who's Tiki Barber's husband, who I've met, I've met Tiki. Like, should we have the same cast back next season? Because we could, we, we don't need to change it. It's just one season in, or should we make changes? Do you think next season? And then I ask me about Crystal. As I say that I, I, I come to Crystal, but tell me what you think. I mean, I think we definitely need to change up. I think Crystal is a really nice person and I'm sure. Oh, Laura, your sound cut out. Thank you. I'm sure that if I lived near her, I would want to, you know, be a mommy friend with her, but I will say that she doesn't fit for housewives. She's too, she's just too basic. She's too nice. There's nothing really going on. Like what has Crystal brought this season whatsoever? Like, I would love your opinion on this, in, you know, in terms of if you think that Crystal should come back. I mean, something tells me she's not going to be fired. I don't think. I mean, I guess right really? in the beginning. Well, in the beginning, she had these issues with Sutton and the leather pants. Yes, we're way past that now. But yeah, I don't I, 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 I see where you're going with this. I see where you're going. I have to say from interviewing her I found her to be authentic so that I always like listen I I know when you are a fame whore now they all change right the second season third season fourth season but right now I don't get that from Crystal I don't so that is the thing that I like is that she wasn't holding back. She didn't, I mean, she didn't really trash anyone, but she, she did speak her mind. She did speak her mind on my show. So I mean, that is the one thing, but did she add much? No, no. Also, I just haven't found her to be, I'm going to use this word again, likable. Um, she does seem nice. She does also play this like cool girl, chill girl, you know, a card in my opinion when she when she's like barely friends with any of these people and then she is taking Erica's side you know and defending her and saying I would have said like when when Erica threatened Sutton at the dinner she goes I would have said the exact same thing if I was in that scenario it's like shut up bitch you are literally uh you know so fresh and green with this cat cast I don't I, I just I appreciate it when housewives sort of especially new ones know their place and I just like I felt like it was a little bit contrived when she was, you know, taking Erica's side. So I don't know that moment, like I really didn't appreciate. And I just, I don't feel like I've seen anything from her that's, that's made her feel endearing or, and she has opened up, but for whatever reason, I guess I just like, don't think that she's my, my favorite housewife. And, and I like in a, in the way that Sutton kind of came in last season and I did like her, I don't know, Crystal just didn't do it for me, but maybe I'm just, you know, callous. And then, and this is, I'm just playing devil's advocate. I'm not sticking up for anyone, but like, yeah. is it her fault with A, the Erica stuff and B, I mean, we have a national icon in treasure that is amongst us that has also joined the cast as a friend of Miss Kathy Hilton. Right. So it's like, did, did, did Crystal have a fighting chance with the Erica story and Ms. Hilton? I think that's an excellent point. Like there are better characters with better, oops, there are better characters this season that are just frankly taking the stage. And so every time Chris, I guess, honestly, every time Crystal has like a moment on the show, I'm like, this is, uh, sorry, this truck passing. Every time Crystal has a moment on the show, I'm like, there's something better to be like, you know, watching. I wish I was watching Kathy Hilton, you know, at home with her TV trays, or I wish I was like, you know, watching Erica and her 2000 square foot bungalow. So yeah, I I agree. I think that's a great point. I also think like, just to cut in, I also think that if if crystal is going to play the role of the very sane very grounded you know basically like commentator she's not going to have to be some wackadoodle person like lisa renna she's not going to have some to have some crazy loud personality she's just going to basically play the role of the audience and kind of commenting on all the the craziness around her I want that to come with a degree of wit like a carol radswell or bethany frankel yes. wit that you know, is going to justify her presence. And right now it's just all too vanilla. In my opinion, I love the wealth. I love to see it. That's what I want from a housewife, but that can't be all you bring is just being like a nice, wealthy lady. Well, and also just, I'll just add really quickly. Garcelle is also new to the housewives somewhat, and she's still confident enough to ask hard questions and to just 
you know, kind of say what the audience is thinking. Whereas Crystal doesn't do that at all. She's just trying to like make these women like her. That is true. Like Garcelle speaks her mind. Mm -hmm. Garcelle speaks her mind. And what do we feel about Rinna? Is it time for Rinna to go? Is, is, is it, or are, are we done or is Rinna in your opinion, like the more, the better just getting started? I, I will say that I think it's time for Rinna to go. I also don't want to lose Harry Hamlin. I love seeing Harry Hamlin cook. I love seeing him do household things. So I don't know if I'm ready to lose her because it will mean that we lose Harry as well. I personally think that Lisa Rinna should stay. I think that she provides great commentary on everything. She's absolutely hilarious. And she does not suck all the energy out of the, out of a room. David, you really taught me what require what it, what is required to be a good housewife. And that's, you can't take over every scene like Jen Shaw. And I do think that Lisa does a, she's a great housewife in that way. In the way Kyle is, you know, like they can blend, but they can also steal the show and they can come in with those funny one-liners, especially Lisa. What the thing with Lisa that I want to get to the bottom of is this woman who was so ready to, you know, feed Denise Richards to the wolves for a private sexual encounter that really no one had any business talking about. Why now when one of the cast members is being accused of breaking the law and like really hurting a bunch of people, why is Lisa Rinna not going after Erica? What is this unholy alliance? Why, why is she so, you know, that is the whole thing. I mean, you know, she says she's learned and this and that, and she misses her friendship with Denise. And I mean, is that, I have my own theory. I would love my theory. theory. Please. My theory. Well, first of all, even Sutton Strack said on the Behind the Velvet Road podcast, Lisa Rinna, own it, is in her DNA, and she cannot help that. So I feel, I do not feel she misses her friendship with Denise, and she's learned. <laughs> and I don't even think that she's afraid of Erica. I don't even think that is the, is the analysis of like, no. I think that Rinna cares about Rinna, Harry Hamlin, Amelia Gray, and Delilah Bell, and her mother, a period. I think Rena cares about nobody else in the entire world, in the entire universe. Okay, she also cares about Alal Booker, who's probably who's hot as fuck, who's probably gonna like, <laughs> marry her daughter. But putting all that aside, I think that Rena said to herself, "This is just what I think." Okay, she is the. She's if you want to talk about self-producing and everyone says LVP self-produces, which, okay, fine. Rinna is the master at self-producing. And I think she said these, the entire cast is going to be against Erica and the entire world is going to be against Erica. And Lisa Rinna last season stood out by making Denise own it. And this season, Lisa Rinna is going to stand out. Yes, she refers to herself in the third person. (laughs) Lisa Rinna is going to stand out by being on Erica's side because nobody else is. And everyone is not going to talk about me if I'm against Erica because everybody's against Erica, Doreen and Kyle and this and that. Mm -hmm. The way to stand out is to come to her defense. And I will once again, Lisa Rinna, be the center of the story. Interesting. I I mean, it hasn't really played out because I do think that this is like a subtlety that only real aficionados are picking up on this, uh, this alliance. So I don't know how effective the strategy has been. I almost just see it as her saying, listen, I, I worked all last season. I spearheaded, you know, the crusade against Denise Richards. I want to take a back seat. Let these other bitches earn the paycheck this season. Why do I always have to be the one, you know, in the hot water, ruining friendships? I almost see it as just like, hey, like I, you know, I I just want to collect my paycheck like these girls did last season. That's what she has said on numerous occasions. Really? Why? Yeah. I'm like, watch what happens. Like, why do I need to be the one to carry this? Every time we have a whole cast here. I mean, I can tell you other housewives that I know from New York and New Jersey, we don't need to mention who have said to me things like they're happy, like they're happy when 
it's a strong addition or to be around strong players. It's not, I think there's two schools of thought of where these people, I think a lot of people are jealous and want to cut you out, but I know at least two people have said like, this is great. Like, you know, you're only as good as your, 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 your co-stars. So if someone is causing a major drama and you're not the center of it, be thrilled that you're on the damn show that everyone's talking about. You don't need to bring it and makes your life easier, you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, maybe there is some of that. I mean, that is what Rinna has said. Like, why do I need to be the one to always like bring it and I'm tired and like, we're, we're there, there's, there's eight of us now with Kathy, like let someone else do this. Right. So, and I mean, I do think that go. Sutton, Sutton wants a sec. She wants, she obviously wanted the diamond and she wants to continue and be a housewife. Um, I think this is like, kind of like, I do think she's loaded, but I, I do think that she loves the fame and she, you know, loves the money that comes from it as well. And I think that Sutton was really willing to, 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 you know, throw herself, I guess, or, or, uh, sacrifice herself, excuse me, for the audience. And in order to get another season, kind of what Teddy did, but Teddy just, she was unfortunately, you know, in too deep with being kind of, you know, not regarded well by the audience thought of as boring by the audience, like her going after Denise Richards at that dinner, it wasn't going to save her housewife's career. She'd already buried it. She, she already buried it. I would agree with that. I I would agree with that, that I do think Sutton will do, I I think she wanted her diamond. That that's the other thing. I think that she, well, let me tell you something, since this is Patreon and we go behind the velvet, you know, we go behind the scenes. I mean, Sutton has, I mean, this shouldn't shock you, her team of PR. First of all, she was on the fucking what was it? What show was that? Was it Jimmy Fallon? Or she was on like the first housewife ever to be on. I think it was, it was either, it was Kimmel. I think it was Kimmel. The first housewife ever to be on Kimmel. Sutton has, I mean, I've dealt with them a huge, huge PR team. I just have made up this own story in my mind. I think whatever you should be paying for PR and I've paid for it before. So I know I have a weird feeling Sutton pays double or extra because she is her team is no nonsense her team is like I mean David has to like I have to like take my firstborn which I'll never have and (laughs) and sell it down the river when I mean she loves coming on my show but it is like last time like 10 minutes into it they were like let's try to wrap it up and I'm like wow slow your roll bitch like I mean it's, it's not Sutton Sutton's like what what's happening so there everyone wants behind the scenes that's what happens so my interviews with Sutton are 30 minutes which is fine we, we do 30 minute show she's not the only one that only wants 30 minutes but I mean Sutton comes with an army so I think because it is such a top firm that they said listen do, is this what you want you want your diamond okay s- sit down sit down and listen and this is how you're going to get your diamond so I do believe that, you know, it's authentic. And I think that was real crying, but I do think that Sutton also has a, I mean, she's being told and like, not told, but I think her team was like, well, you can get a diamond if you do all of this. Sure. Yeah. And she's rightfully so she's smart. We, I have a, we have one of our listeners knows her and reached out um, and said that, you know, in that Southern scene, being alongside someone who isn't any sort of, you know, poor man's Bernie Madoff scandal version of it, low level version of it, being around any sort of scandal like that, especially a financial scandal, it's like, you can absolutely be fired from the board of museums, even for just being connected to it. Like Southerners are no joke when it comes to reputation and when it comes to your good name. I think it's something that's really hard for people who are not in the South to understand or relate to. Um, But it absolutely is a thing that Sutton had a reputation to protect and had, you know, roles and institutions in Georgia that she needed to protect. That's, That's what this person reached out and said. I agree with that. That doesn't, I mean, that doesn't shock me at all. Yeah. That honestly does not shock me at all. So, yeah. I mean, so who would you want gone? It sounds like you want Crystal gone. Is it just Crystal? 
for me, it would be just be Crystal. I think that yeah, I could even just see it like less housewives and just following everyone still on the cast and having Crystal be gone. I think that that would make just a higher quality show like and, Crystal again, but I don't think she's great television. I mean, Kathy needs to be a full-time cast member. That'll never happen. But That'll I know, but I, ugh, it would be, I, I mean, I just want more. I can't get enough Kathy Hilton. To be honest with you, yes, Kathy Hilton is talk about authentic. I mean, this is the thing I've said it before money talks and wealth whispers like real people with money. Don't talk about it. You just go to their house for a night and they don't even talk about it. And you notice there's 30 staff and the lady with the bag and the Kathy Hilton's Butler is my latest like obsession. Like there's, it's a full on obsession. It's an obsession. That man has stolen every scene and when those ladies are fighting and he's like, Rinna's there, he's just like, it's, I'm obsessed. I'm literally obsessed. <laughs> yeah. So funny. I mean, it's, it's in, I think it is so incredibly, you was such a unique experience for us to be able to even witness that level of wealth. Cause I think it's a level of wealth that really just has never even been on the show before. It's kind of the level of wealth that like housewives, it's supposed to be. I mean, that's what people want. Well, I mean, do you, I mean, I, I, it's hard for me to say, but like, I look at classic housewives like Luann de la Seps when she was married to the count. And even then, I don't think that compared no. compares to Kathy Hilton. Like I no. think Kathy Hilton is like well above what we'd even expect from housewives. Like, I think so. And I think Sutton is possibly the closest second. I mean, Bethany Frankel, now I mean, but Sutton's up there with real money really like okay what did Sutton's husband do he like worked for, for an investment bank like uh Pimc- Pimco I think it's called isn't that what he did like he was just like high up at a, at a financial firm and like they're that loaded or did, was it I mean he was it also family money yeah I think Sutton has real money Oh, wow, As opposed to like Dorit and PK, where I mean that house is coming down soon. Let's just face it. That Do you really think come. it is? I think it is. That's my opinion. So PK recently went on Kate Casey's, and I, and I don't mean the actual house they live in. I just mean the whole house of cards that they. Oh, don't. the house yeah. of cards. So what did so what did PK say? He claims that they own that house. They're not renting it, and all the financial scandals that happened with him, it was the banks that he was involved with that had problems and he went down with the banks that had nothing to do with him. Like it was just like literally the banks where he kept the money that he, we, he basically the bank went down. It was like the bank of Ireland or something. And do you want some tea? Record. I will share some never before Jeez. her tea. Yes. Well, I think it's when Dana Wilkie was on one of the many times that she has been on, you know, she talks about like Dorit and PK all the time, but she was on my Patreon and apparently, I mean, I don't know if he paid his, you know, three, six, nine or $12 membership to my Patreon, but apparently Mr. Kemsley heard my chat with Dana what? and Mr. Kemsley was not pleased when he DM'd me. Not at all. Wait, what? Mr. Kemsley <laughs> DM'd you. <laughs> I don't know why. Somehow you've got me today. We're having an exclusive reveal. Mr. Kemsley DM'd me. That is correct. My gosh. And what did he say? He said, let me try to remember the exact words. It's very close to this, but he said, hey, you schmuck. I don't know (gasps) if that was a, that was a typo or in (laughs) Europe, schmuck is what they say instead of schmuck. Hey, you schmuck. Stop talking about me and my family. And then I think he said, like, what you do for a living is like bottom feeding scum or something. Oh, my gosh. So, I mean, of course, I've screenshotted everything. I was like, well, first of all, is that a, a is that a threat? I mean, I'm just asking. Yeah. B, I mean, I'm asking also because I'm a lawyer to so just FYI. C, you don't scare me. I mean, financially you can come after me. I have, I mean, I'm okay. I can come back after you. Right. The, I mean, I have a platform like people listen, lots of people listen to the behind the velvet Road podcast. I mean, like I could take these DMS and do anything I want with them. 
just FYI, not threatening you. Oh my God. And E, like, by the way, let me, this is the real, this is literally my response. E, let me, here's the real thing I need to tell you is like, you were part of one show for an hour. And here are all the other guests that I've had on. Like, don't flatter yourself. I don't care about you. Right. I do not care about your family. And <laughs> I don't, and F, let me show you some people that spend all day talking about PK and Dorit. And then I showed him all these things with like Ronald Richards. And I'm like, these are the people that spend all day talk. So you actually have fish to fry. And there are right. people that literally are digging into you and, and, and coming after you and talk about you all day. I am not one of them. I don't care. I'm doing an actual show with real guests. I like, you're not the one. Right. So, oh my gosh. Fuck you. And then the dots were there for hours. Those three dots. And I think it's like, were you like drunk? Was Dorit like, don't respond again. And then I talked to my mutual friends from high school that, I mean, we, I'm connected to Dorit through these two sisters, my best friend and her best friend are sisters, but they, she hasn't talked to Dorit in forever. And I'm just like, you know, just letting you know, if you get in the middle of this and ugly, like, I don't give a fuck, but I just told PK to go fuck himself after he told me to, I'm just letting you guys know if this comes back to the two of you, I'm not backing down. PK can like suck my dick. Oh my gosh. That is phenomenal. <laughs> there you go. I know P- people listening are like, what? Like, why are you slipping this in now? Listen, I am not like all these other podcasters who need to be like, look at me. And this is what happened. No, that's not, this is a real interview show here. But I mean, listen, I- I'm a lawyer. Like I am the nicest person, but like, you don't come after me. If you come after me, you're not going to win. I'll fucking destroy you. But short of that, like, don't threaten me. That's, that's like my hot button. Like, don't tell me what to do and don't threaten me. Cause I will, I I'm not afraid. Like if I were on Beverly Hills, I would have no problem coming to hate face to face with Erica on a daily basis. Okay. I don't know how I'm, I've become like this person who talks about what well wealthy people do all the time but like I do feel like truly wealthy people like if if PK was truly wealthy and powerful he wouldn't give a shit about what you and Dana are saying on your fucking Patreon right you know well that was behind a paywall it's like who cares that was my point my point was like this must there must be there must be something here like if you're that struck a nerve yeah and I and I do think Dorit was like Oh my God. Like, like, listen, every person that DMs me, I mean, it's just, you have to assume that you are speaking to the whole world when you put anything in a DM. Absolutely. You know, and I'm way less famous than PK, but I still am like, if someone gets mad at me, some listener, I mean, my DMs can be exposed. So I'm very careful about what I put in a DM. You know, That's I'll have, smart. I'll have a guest on and they'll be like, I fucking hate Ebony K. Williams. This just happened. And I mean, I personally love Ebony, but even if I didn't, like I, I'm, I will never behind a closed wall, agree with you or say like, yeah, she sucked right. or whatever, which she didn't. I fucking love Ebony, but that's just me. Like, I, I assume that anything I say, eventually you're going to use against me. This is my lawyer on me. So I will never do it. So I think Dorit must've been like, do not, do not engage after he told you off. Like this could be on reality blurb or just cease and desist. And no, that's kind of what I think. Yeah. I mean, very interesting, very interesting that you didn't use that to get some publicity. I'm impressed. That's a classy move. It's a crossy move, Thank David. Thank you. Thank you. Because it's just not my, it's just not my style. You know, you got enough, you got enough mentions. I I'm seeing them. So yeah. Like what's the point of that? You know? Right. So before we move on, since you are more immense to R H O S L C, is there anything else that we want to say about Beverly Hills? Good season overall. Any, any final words guys, it's been an hour already. So listen, we're going to wrap this up. We've talked about Beverly Hills. Those are our feelings. And The sisters from the Pop Apologist podcast are going to come back. We're going to talk about Vanderpump Rules, New York, ratings that are way down for so many shows, and they're Mormons, so we are going to get to the bottom of Salt Lake. So I hope you guys like this, and these two will be back to discuss all those topics very soon on Patreon. 
Thanks for listening to yet another episode of Behind the Velvet Rope. Because without you listeners, I would just be a crazy person with voices in my head. And if you like what you hear, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe on Apple Podcasts under Behind the Velvet Rope. And when you're done subscribing, feel free to leave a five-star write-up review because the write-up reviews actually count. We read each and every one of them. We post the best ones and the reviews really help our shows keep going. And we really appreciate everything you guys say, especially the positive ones. And if you want to find us online, we're at Behind Velvet Rope on Instagram. We are at David Yontef on Instagram. We're behind The Velvet Rope on Apple Podcasts. Or head on over to Patreon, because you know what? There are just some things we can't talk about here. So for our bonus episodes, go to Patreon and type in Behind the Velvet Rope. And if you still aren't sick of me and you want more David, go to Cameo and book me on Cameo. And you can ask me anything there. I'll answer whatever you want. And I have a bargain basement price of $10. Thank you guys. See you soon.